Hello, hello, my space mining nomads, and welcome to the Nomads of Fantasy, episode 54. I am Dave, your host this week, to talk about the Ridley Scott classic, and one of the most iconic horror movies ever, uh, Alien, from 1979. Uh, before we do, though, I'll introduce my other peeps in the crew. Uh, we are here with Brandon. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. What? Okay. Is that gotcha. it? Yeah. I yeah, didn't want to go first. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. Uh, we're also here with Eric. Can't lie to you about your chances, but you have my sympathies. Uh, that's a little dark. That's a good one. And we're here with special guest, Kirk. If we break quarantine, then we all can die. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of foreshadowing there. <laughs> and I have Relevance. my favorite one from this movie was I want to see mountains, Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I could think about this entire movie. Every time oh. I saw him creep up on the screen, yeah. Ian Holmes is just he's too recognizable. So at this point. Eric, but... mine was um when the alien bursts out of the stomach. And oh, okay. it's really really gross and sound effecty kind of thing and then you just hear oh god okay is that what you get sprayed with the blood yeah lambert yeah yeah (laughs) and then yeah there's a whole that's a whole thing we we will talk about that a little bit um before we get into the the chitter chatter on alien um we asked the internet what they thought about this movie um eric what did the what did the internet have to say sure uh i went on the old social medias there uh you can follow us on twitter at nomads of fantasy um as always we had our good buddy jake he said i can't get enough of this movie or series as a whole i love how creepy and disgusting the xenomorphs are between them and predator i fell in love with that shared universe even hot take alien versus predator that's impressive which god i swear to god i have to say this right now jake and i always have the same experiences i love alien versus predator and (laughs) i'll get i'll talk about this later but that was my introduction into like the alien franchise alien versus predator was the first movie that i saw so interesting but talk about that later um I haven't seen that in ages. Let's see. Kilted one says the movie is great. The suspense is what made it scary. Although some scenes were graphic. I'm looking at you face hugger to stomach bursting. Another great movie where the environment and mood may as well be a character. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. That, that ship is definitely a character. The Nostromo. And then, yep. And then uh, plug in our discord again here this week. The nomads of fantasy.com slash discord. If you want to join. Uh, driving Divan, another one of our longtime fans, says, "How long after seeing this movie were you unable unable to eat pasta?" <laughs> I don't know what the pasta. I don't get. Is that from the stomach? It was, yeah, I don't know what they were eating, but it was like noodles and like it yeah. was almost looked like Chinese, like lo mein or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was like some some sort of space noodles, but uh, space with that yeah, thing, space yeah. that slimy thing wrapped around your neck and into your throat and down your stomach, you think that Ugh. they would be like, "Hey, man, maybe you want something more solid to eat than no- like something slimy, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe start with some crackers." <laughs> yeah, traumatized. Yeah, and as I mentioned, it's like esophagus is all scratched up from having something shoved down. Right. right. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's. I was just thinking about that. Like, oh, he's fine. Like. 
what the fuck? Like, right after that, he's just, he's just fine. Gotta, back to normal. He's in yeah. pretty good spirits, yeah. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. You do the thing like you did when you were a kid. You get chicken soup, you get some crackers, you get prices right on the TV. And you, oh my I mean, god. That's the cure all. There you go. That's it, dude. Price is right. It'll Bob Barker Hell spin yeah. in the wheel. Yeah. I became really damn good at that show. I, I, I should go down there and play, but I'm not sure about Drew I right now. I swear to so. God. I, I was really good. I, Price is right was like my childhood. During that's the summer. The shit right there. Oh. During the summer days when you're off of school, every morning, sit down, watching Price is Right. Yeah. Sidebar, like if you have a smart TV, you can get the Pluto TV app and they have a Price is Right channel oh, that shows all shit. it's just 24 hours a day of like 70s oh and 80s prices, God. right? And okay, it's Bob with dark hair and he's just you game know, show porn. Doing the, yodel, the yodeler game, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Hell it's yeah. Good. quick, quick aside. Game show porn um, is perfect. Have you guys <laughs> <laughs> have a how is everybody's uh, history with this movie? Has everybody seen this before? Is this a first for anybody? Yes, I've seen it before. Love oh, yeah. this movie. Yeah. Yeah. You this... do you do have a poster behind behind you on the wall too. So I kinda Oh it. yeah. So my boy my boy <laughs> Joel Herrera, shout out. Drew this. This is all digital. It's uh Oh that's sweet. Yeah, let me see if I can get it. It's fucking dope. Oh man. Oh yeah. Ripley means Ripley means business there. Yeah, that is a really good illustration that's awesome he's dude this guy is so good it's it's just dumbfounding but you can follow him joel herrera <laughs> shout out to joel but yeah man i this movie it it was like my first this movie and the omen uh oh, were my shit. first okay. introductions to like horror films and someone said it perfectly earlier it's the suspense that really gets you it's like it has you on the edge of your seat and it basically started the the jump scare. This and like Evil Dead and all these movies, <laughs> Halloween. They started the whole Friday the Thirteenth started the jump scare, and like people were expecting the jump scare. And there's times in this movie that I haven't watched it in so long that I'm like, oh, what happens here? And then all of a sudden, like a head turns, you're like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what just happened? I got it a couple of times oh in here too. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. So this movie is it's it's great because. It's the the first sci-fi horror film I can think of at this time. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's. I think this is one of the earlier yeah. movies that we've watched too. So that's. That's know. not cheesy. Our horror goes back. That's not cheesy. Right. That actually holds up. I yes. Think that's, that's why everybody. Sure. This is like if you like cinema, you have to see this. Oh, it's Maybe it's too scary, film. but I feel like almost everybody's at least watched it. You know, it's it's beautiful. Between like you know this the set design, just the ships, like the opening scene where it says twenty million pounds of ore being shipped back to the to yeah, wherever it's, cool. it's like well mm-hmm. basically we know that we have to go somewhere else to get all the natural resources because we're a bunch of fuckheads and like attack fossil fuels and things of that nature <laughs> mm-hmm. so they've already planned for that in the future for us to come back but then it goes into the ship itself and it's all these practical almost like a old-fashioned like, never steam gets old. engine yeah that stuff never gets old this that's why yeah. these movies age well because they they were like the masters of practical effects it's a shame that it's kind of gone to the wayside you know, but mm, right, and I think too, and I, I and I have to look this up, but the part where they land and they go into that the large hull of the ship, like from Prometheus, and you see the large alien, it's like all the that yeah. set design, like it's all practical, it's all it feels real, and mm-hmm. as much stuff as they do at CGI now, there's just something tan- so tangible about having those effects in there, right? Like. like- the lighting looks right. Yeah. Everything looks like greasy. And yeah. it's got, you know, stuff you can do with CG, but you got to like it doesn't doesn't it's always the Star work. Wars original trilogy. And then you go and you you go from that and watching that for 20 years 
And then you go into the 90s and then you do this slick CG, full CG trilogy, the prequels. And right. it's just jarring a little bit. It took a while to kind of adjust to the new look because it was, wasn't was practical at all. Uh, Yoda right. wasn't a puppet. Maybe he was, maybe for the first one, for the episode one. But I think they CG'd, CG'd him later on. But hold right. on, Eric. So are, are, we're going really deep in the movie. Is, are we done with yeah, social? Or say, let's not get too far. I was going to say, have you guys, <laughs> have you guys, I I'm wanted excited. to see what you guys have seen about well, the movie too. What have you guys? I'll, have you... I'll say my history. Like I said, I started the franchise with AVP when I was like, I don't even know, like seven years old or something, whenever it came out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that Three. was a good one to watch. And then uh, after that, I didn't really come back to this franchise until I was in college and I played Alien okay. Isolation first, um, mm, which is a okay. fantastic video game. It is. And then after I finished that game, I loved it so much that I like I really wanted to watch the original movie. And that's when I well, that's when I watched it. So it wasn't until, oh, nice. I don't know, semi recently back in college. So, I mean, maybe, you know, nine, eight, nine years ago that I watched it now for the first time. But this is probably my third time watching it overall. Okay. Um, so yeah, I've seen it a couple times now. Okay. Nice. Brandon, I've you've seen count- countless times. It's one of those movies where, like, I I've mentioned I this count. before on the on the podcast, but I have a I had HBO growing up, so I just watched Lethal Weapon or like uh, you know yeah. stuff like or like this or Jaws or like it was just on TV on the regular. I could just watch. I had cable. I could just watch this stuff. And it was just always on. 90s, and then, and then 90s in the nineties, I would just stay up late, like drawing and just goofing around. And I would watch like TBS, TNT, or whatever. And they would have movies like this all the time. So I just, sure, I've seen this movie a lot. But you know what's interesting is watching it with a very critical eye. You know, critical, critic. But it was just just <laughs> taking time to like literally focus on it and absorb it the way it was, and kind of if you can. Put yourself in the shoes of the first time you're watching, because when you do watch it for a podcast, you, you and you know you're going to talk about it with a couple, like other people, you got to pay attention. And when you really pay attention to a movie, it really does change the way you absorb it. I think if you, it sounds Absolutely. so stupid, but but like there's something to be said. To just put your phone away, turn the yeah. lights off. May I wore I watched this movie with headphones, and thank God yes. I did. I've I, I did not I, know I have to watch all of them with headphones. Huh? You have to because probably people. Are I don't think I've ever watched a yeah. movie with headphones. Really? It's not even a thing. That's... Dude, these—they're spending millions of dollars making these movies. You think they're cheapening out on the fucking audio? No, it's not <laughs> no. just for the movie theater. They want—they—they're <laughs> huge on that. But I—I I gotta say, they did a really good job of mixing in this movie. The mixing is, I was yeah, really it's insane. Pre- I was it's insane. so thankful. I noticed the, in the first the five dialogue. Minutes, yeah, the dialogue. Yeah, and stuff dude, the dialogue in. with the computers and the the opening, the opening sequence with the lettering, how they had all the like little lines come in. Yeah, and form the word. So it's just it's it's I'm gonna, a designer's orgasm. I'm gonna make orgasm, a comment here because right? Kirk and I are both designers, and <laughs> I, I I was thinking about you. I'm like, is he gonna talk about that intro because it's fucking good? <laughs> it's dude. fucking great. It's so it, good. Uh. It's it's just. And it just says alien when it's all done and you're just watching it unfold uh, and with the music. It's so it's sexy. It's it's just slow and takes his time. It's it's so good. We've all seen this. Let's uh let's put a bow on the intro and uh I'm gonna come back right after these messages from our sponsors. <laughs> Hey 
And we are back, Nomads, to discuss the 1979 science fiction horror film directed by Ridley Scott, Alien. The first of a long-running franchise, which kind of... Has its ups and downs. It did. It certainly did, but it was kind of... What are you talking about, David? It has know. two movies. It, it, there's Alien, no. and there's Aliens, and then there's it actually, stopped. That's it. I mean, it's a good. Eight, I guess that's a good franchise. It's... Eight of them with a toma- tomato meter average of 58%, domestic box office of over 100 million. Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. But yeah. <laughs> they suck. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it's, I think it's a little better than that. But yeah, best action, or this is the, the, the crown, I guess, of the, of the franchise, really. The first, the kickoff, the introduction into the series. Um, I guess let's give a I, if you haven't seen Alien, um, Eric, you got the you got the stuff pulled up over there, don't you? Sure. Well, the year was 1979, mm-hmm. uh, May 25th, 1979, to be exact, which summer wow, the day that. before. Huh. Day before the uh, what would that be like the I don't know 43rd anniversary. All right. Sure. sure. Let's go with 53rd. that. 53rd. <laughs> 53rd? It's old. It holds yeah. up. Well, I, I was born in 76. Okay. It's old. Next year, I'm 50. So oh, 79 well, plus 3 is 12. So I just added win. 43. There you go. <laughs> math math is, Numbers it. are hard. <laughs> maths. As the Brits say, he's good at the maths. Maths. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this was directed by the great Ridley Scott. Um with a runtime of 116 minutes, which two-hour movie. Did you guys good stuff? You guys uh, all watch the regular version? Or did you guys watch directors? I did. Yeah, I, I watched the regular theatrical. I watched the regular, not the theatrical. Regular, Brandon. The, I watched the original 1977 version, okay. not the director's cut. I went directors. Oh, yeah, directors cut too. I, I had okay. to rent it on Prime, so I figured, you know, if you're gonna do something, you might as well go go direct. Didn't you say the director's cut was shorter? Is it actually one minute shorter shorter because he took out a lot of the long shots and he added in I guess he added in stuff to make it increase the pace of the movie. I didn't really notice anything. In, but they're very minor. In, there was a couple of deleted scenes in there, right? Yeah. Cause I I have the um I watched the special edition, the DVD. It's like the it's like the twentieth anniversary DVD, which is really funny because that would have came out in like nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I have that DVD. It's like the quadrilogy. Quadrilogy. So it it's has Alien, Aliens, Alien Three, and then Resurrection. Which the only two I've seen are Alien and Aliens. I haven't seen the other two yet, or uh, you know, got up the yeah, courage to watch to. them because I know they're not the best. Um, but yeah, I watched all of the deleted scenes as well. Um, and I know that they added some of those in there for the director's cut. Nice. Um, a lot, a lot of those deleted scenes, like they just add a little bit more context, but they were, you know, kind of like just extra dialogue that didn't need to be in there just to keep the pacing of the film a little bit tighter. Well, one of the scenes I thought was finding uh, Dallas, but he's like in a cocoon like thing. That's the most famous says, scene. Kill the, me. The, the cocoon scene. Yeah. Kill me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just seeing what they do once they capture you because sometimes now they, knowing you, that, they, they, they capture you and do that to you. Knowing that that was a deleted mm-hmm. scene, I was wondering why that scene was a little weaker than some other things. It just shows like her shooting flamethrowers at a wall, but it doesn't show anything 
burning. Right. It seemed a like it those, seemed like an incomplete scene. A lot of those deleted scenes did seem unfinished. Um, I mean, some of them were like they showed the tension a little bit more between Ripley and the other crew members, but um, especially between Lambert and Ripley. I think this is interesting though that we're talking about this uh, in the different versions because, like George Lucas, can't leave his old shit alone, constantly tweaking it, right? And Ridley Scott has done this with Blade Runner too, right? He has like these old movies that are just like cult classics. They're like, well, cult classic, like the, maybe Blade Runner is, but Alien definitely not. But these are movies that are just solid in the history of cinema. And he still adjusts them, you know, like he's done that with uh, Blade Runner with like the director's cut. And here we are talking about that with him making some minor adjustments to Alien. You don't see many directors going back in time. You don't see no. Steven Spielberg going, you know, E.T. was good, but, you know, or like Jurassic Park. He doesn't, I don't think he adjusts his stuff with a director's cut. Maybe he does, but not that I'm aware of. Well, I think the biggest wow. problem is being being a creative and being someone with a vision. You're always like, think about how many times you've done something, Brandon, you've come back and said, shit, I wish I could have fixed this. Or I wish I could have fixed that. So I can see, yeah. I can see since they have ownership over it for them going back and trying to f- fix things, quote unquote. But I don't think it's necessary when you have a fan base and they're expecting things or liking things. If you're doing a totally different movie, for instance, Justice League versus Zack Snyder's Justice League, two totally different films, like two totally that's different films. So that's a unique situation. Yeah, right. That's, that's right. Crazy. So in those instances, though, I can see going back, but. But to go back and add fucking people, stormtroopers riding a, a fucking animal <laughs> in Star Wars. The song, look, uh, sir, droids. Like you don't need to do that shit. You don't. You don't need to change the Cantina oh, song. The Cantina song is fucking God perfect, damn. right? I know we're jumping on Star Wars, like, you, but you just said it. It's like there's certain things you don't have to touch. But as as creatives it, and artists, we always want to do that. What were you saying, Dave? The song in Jabba's Palace is the worst. I'm sorry. That's like the it worst. Go the, back it's, and it's, we can't talk about just, that right now. It's, fuck, and also it's the, bad. It's bad. Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Return of the Jedi song at the end. Yeah, they got rid of the original song. The Yub Nub. Like, yeah, there's no more Yub Nub. Yeah. Hey, hey. Oh, man. Well, hey, listen. I got a quote here for you guys. A movie is never finished, only abandoned. You know who famously said that? George Lucas. George Lucas. George Lucas. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, you know, I, I got to give credit that Ridley Scott had some restraint with this. He didn't add to it just to add to it. He's like, hey, you know, this we'll give the people more. He could have. I'm sure he has other stuff cut on the floor there, but he actually took away a minute. He adjusted some things, adding some things, which is cool. Some because of this we shit could, looks so good. I, well, let's get actually, let's get like, into it. So, Eric, well, well, do, you, do you mind? Yeah, finish the synopsis, please. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, the basic story, if you don't know, um, follows the crew of the commercial space tug, Nostromo. Um, and they, you know, they're on their way home to Earth from their mining mission, carrying this 20 million pounds of ore. Um, and then they, they basically just come across this distress signal from this uh, weird planet. They check it out. They land. Some shit goes down, and then I feel like hilarity it, ensues. Hilarity ensues from there, yeah. and we should just get into it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's, that's the basic setup for it. 
what the fuck were they expecting to find this to, to go there and why did they have to go there? ah why i've never really paid attention well. to this but this time when i was watching it and i'm like so the whoever so they're contracted out i believe they're just like a contracted team they yeah. own the equipment the company is and the Wayland yeah and Wayland Wayland yeah. um yep. basically hired them to do this job and under contract they would be um negated any commission on the job if they um broke certain like rules on the contract and one of them was mm -hmm. if there is an emergency or something about there's some kind of signal coming out. Finding new life. Yeah, or whatever like it was. Biological life. Something that you life, have right? to check it out if we think it's necessary. So that's why they had to. They could only do it because of the money because they, they just gave up years of their life basically to go vast distances and go into cryo, cryo sleep or whatever. But, mm -hmm. but anyways, yeah, so they're halfway through their uh, return, their mission to return back to Earth. But on their way there, they get this kind of signal to say hey go check it out so that's what they had to do it um i really think that's about it it was just down to money they're blue-collared space people they're just like hauling cars they're like well oh, i want to talk about one thing I mean, though that, but when they do go there like when they do go there it is weird that they don't like freak out when they discover an alien ship and alien life and it takes place in 2037 37 yeah are you fucking okay. telling me in 10 years we're gonna be used to aliens <laughs> that we're not freaking out when we encounter a different species of aliens we're like yeah this one walks well, on two legs it's bigger than us i mean what in this universe since like interstellar space travel exists they have to have known that there's extraterrestrial life out there there's no way right. this was like mankind's first encounter with you know right life other than humans i can't i can't believe and, that and then like the other thing with the oh go ahead no with the with the distress signal like I mean spoiler alert um there is a saboteur on the on the ship not saboteur but somebody with ulterior motives and that guy being an android um Bilbo Ash as he's known <laughs> in the, as he's known in this movie he he you can see him the whole movie. Like pushing them to discover it, pushing them to bring right. it on board, pushing this them to bring whole, it back. Like he's he's constantly protecting it, you know. Yeah. Like they all all they want to do is get rid of it, and he's constantly like, because as for, as soon as the chest burster pops out, like they go to stab it, and Ash is like, no, don't do it, and then it yeah. escapes, skitters away. Right. So he's Which is impressive to for a movie it. back then that it does a really good job at having you do a rewatch because you get more out of it because you, you don't see the Ash thing coming, right? We all know now that he's, right. he's an no. android the whole time. He's Which I like when a movie does that, when they they have a plot, but then they kind of paint this other layer on there, which is like, oh, there is a parent company, and why why would they even want to... Like, why would they have a plot to have this guy do this? Like, why would they want this alien species home? Who discovered it? Why would they have this team do it? It just seems very interesting. I was say, this isn't yeah. it's definitely not an accident that all of this happened. Which you find out yeah, later. When I when I, yeah. when right. I when I look at when I watch movies, I always take notes, and one of the notes I put was corporate greed has always been the source and toppling of societies. The company changes protocol in the hopes of having a new organism on their hands for, to profit from. Yeah. It's like they were trying to weaponize it, right? They were saying, and but it's yeah. like they had no idea. All you see is like this, and 
the fucking face sucker still gives me nightmares. Like, oh my god, seeing that thing. Yeah, it's it's like it's uh, it's like basically a large spider. Running Dude, I want to talk about. I mean, you, uh, Kirk, Kirk and Brandon, you guys are designers, and yeah, H.R. Geiger who designed Ugh, like the aliens and the face huggers and all that stuff. Like those designs are just so evocative. And on the special edition that I watched, there's concept art, original. It's, concept it's insane art from all of uh, H.R. Geiger's original sketches. And it's insane. It's, it's, it's so detailed. It's just, it's fucking so great. I mean, George Lucas did that with, with star Wars. He, he had like an illustrator that like kind of, he like, he could make a movie just by looking at these paintings. And I can see how like really Scott has an eye for shit. We just talked about with gladiator. He saw a painting, people just see a painting. They can make a movie off of like one visual. And I think really Scott has an eye for like really good visuals. Like he just sees it and says, that's, that's it. That's the thing I can, I can yeah. make that. Yeah. Exactly. It really, really, really quick. A, f- a fun call to other like major blockbuster films that we all love, like Ian Holm, who was Ash, of course, is you know, uh, it's a hundred, it's my hundred eleventh birthday, right? Like, uh, <laughs> and, and then John Hurt, and Fifth Element, he's also in, right? John Hurt, the guy who has the alien come out of his chest, he's in V for Vendetta, right? As the yep. Chancellor, oh, nice. yeah, he is. Yep. Tom, Tom Skerritt's in it, and Tom Skerritt's like been in Top Gun and all kinds of other movies, but like. Harry Dean Stanton, you recall his his uh, little cameo from what was it? I think it was Avengers, where oh, Mark Ruffalo changes. Yeah, and he's like, "Hey, oh they, yeah." And then Yafit Kato was in uh, Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, That's where he was in. Part. I knew he was in something else. It looks so familiar. Okay. Yeah, and of course, Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver's been like in everything: Ghostbusters, oh, Avatar. And, and then Avatar. Yeah. So it's it's pretty cool Space to see quest. like these these people. Yeah, these people you're so used to like in this movie, you're like, holy shit, they're so young. Look at them. Like, you know, you don't see Tom Skerritt until he's like already gray and top gun, right? But here he's like looking like Chris Christopherson and shit with his <laughs> yeah, he's beard. That beard. He's in this movie. This yeah. 70s beard, like he's yeah. classy. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy though, because there's literally only seven people in this movie it's a cast of seven so this is the theme but we talked yeah. about this dave that's what i the, love about the that. one the part one of the thing setting, was like small intimate say the thing yeah. it reminds me of the thing it you yeah know? that's very true but like the feeling of i don't know we're going we're jumping all around here but like the the fact that there's only seven of them there's this giant ass ship and all the shots that you're getting of like space make it like it's you just see the ship cruising through space and it gives you that feeling of like isolation and you're yeah. alone. Yes. And it's, I, it's I wrote these that people in my notes. And they're like they're completely Especially, no contact with anybody except for right. mother, which is like this weird, creepy room with lights in it. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Yeah. One of the first thing notes with, I made with the in the opening is like with that, like the music, it's so haunting. It gives you mm-hmm. that sense of isolation and just yes. like the vastness of space like holy Quiet. shit we're right. alone out here like these are like you said these seven people are millions of light years away from any sort of civilization and they're just alone with this creature in this enclosed only, space when you think there'd be more people on this ship like if you're mining 20 ship million for a crew <laughs> that small <laughs> you got yeah, two well, dudes as like the engineers that's it yeah well they had the 20 million pounds of ore and if you realize too, the ship that they depart in is like literally a small chunk of the entire vessel, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so and that and that ship's pretty fucking massive. 
and then you think about the rest of it, it's just the idea of scale in this movie is really cool and it's like something you never thought of even with Star Wars when you first see that opening shot I, keep, I know we keep referencing it but they're about the same dude, time dude it was two so, years before this it was definitely right. heavily influencing this guy the, of course right. like, there was some shots there was a lot of shots like the hallway this. shot yep the hallway shot oh, the exactly. hallway shot everything yeah yeah, yeah there so, was a lot so of a lot of shots yep. you think about the large ship coming over when they're chasing Leia's ship, and you think about the yes. the Imperial Star Destroyer coming mm-hmm. over, and like the grand scale of everything is just so massive. And you think about this ship that they're on, and it's so massive. And I think about scale in regards to everything involved in the, in the storyline, and I think about Dune, right? Like the current Dune that was just made. Mm-hmm. And you look at the size of the vehicles there, and the size of the people, and like it all makes sense because if you're traveling through space, if you're doing stuff in space, it seems like you'd have to have a very, very big vehicle on which to think. So you can have different sections of things being grown, people being able to live and sleep, mm. and all these other things, and, and air being generated or made and everything else. And it seems like there's always a, a an idea of scale when seeing this, and this was totally it. When you see the ship just kind of like break off and then go to the planet, it's like, oh, fuck, okay, this thing's pretty, pretty massive. So- so Dude, pretty tight model work that whoever was oh, in charge was gonna of like say, the model more interesting. in the movie. Yeah, because yeah, all we like we know all this, all the outside shots of the ships are all just miniature models. Like I kept same, looking, like when is it gonna Star look like a fucking toy? And, and not space Odyssey. It looks so good. Yeah. Oh my god, it's amazing yeah. the the detail they can put into there, and it makes you you know it tricks you to think like wow this is a massive ship out in the middle of space when really it's just like a scale model. Even like yeah. the, the interior ship, we were talking before how it's back to Star Wars. Star Wars feels lived in. Like the inside of the ship felt very lived in. Like they all wake up from cryo sleep. They start ripping cigarettes, like making some lo mein. Yeah. Like you, can, like, you know, you get, and they do that the breakfast scene early. Like they all get out of cryo sleep. They all go and eat or whatever. And then, you know, we obviously come back to the later in it. But it's like. Right. It's a good setup scene to kind of get in there. I just think it's funny how everybody smokes and they're doing everything on the ship. Yes. Piloting the ship, having a cigarette. Fixing the ship, having a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, it's it, like you said, it, it does feel lived in. And they they designed the Nostromo to have like three distinct decks. Like they have the uh, the first deck was just like the human like living area with the hypersleep, the eating uh, in the medical facility, in the science lab, like you said. And then B and C was, like, the mining equipment, and B was, like, maintenance and stuff. So, like, they have these separate levels of the ship where, you know, each of these specific activities takes place. And I, you know, I like how they broke that up to make it feel believable. And like you said, it feels lived in. I, I yeah. like that really, Scott, and we've talked about this probably before, maybe, I don't know, but the the patience that he has, the the just like the amount of time he's taking with each scene. And I think yes. the reason I think, I mean, I don't know if he knew he had a hit on his hands, but cause I know when the production company, like the studio saw the, the concept art, like the, the, um, and the, um, the storyboard, they just were like doubled the, the budget. They're like, here, we'll just throw money at this. Cause we know it's going to be a hit, but like, I don't <laughs> know if he knew, but I, but I appreciate that he took his time with each scene where there's nobody like all right, so even in the opening scene, before I've, anybody's awake, we see an exterior shot of the Nostromo. Then yes. we're in it. 
and it's just these sweeping shots pipes of the ship and it's just like get to know this place Mm -hmm. because we're gonna spend a lot of time here and you think that the alien is probably in the movie about half like half the time but it's really not the alien itself especially in this purer form the bigger form I mean, it doesn't show itself I, I much. Was it's like track. Jaws. It's like you only. It's you like less it. you see the better kind of thing. I didn't. I forget. You don't see the reveal of like the full alien until over an hour into the movie. Yes. And this movie's only two hours long. Right. So what did we do so for like, that for hour? It's like exploring a planet. You're almost in the back third of the movie before yeah, you dude. really get to see. So he the just full took his time, alien. and I really appreciate it now because Aliens, which yeah. is also really good, is in it. It's it's. Good for it's a different. Type it's of weird movie. how it works. We're like it's an action. Movie. It's an action movie, and the other one's a yeah, exactly. sci-fi thriller, and it's just incredible. Yeah. And you can appreciate one f- and the other, and it's great. And I love how that works. But but I know we're talking about Alien, but I just appreciate that really Scott was just so patient with this movie. Yeah. Well, most most films, like really good films based in storytelling, don't show the character until way later. Like one of my favorite films for comic books i know you're sick of comic books and fans and f- fan base and everything else Brandon, oh so my god else <laughs> uh, batman begins we, we don't see That's a we don't phenomenal see phenomenal movie though we don't see batman until like what 45 minutes or an hour into the movie um That's a good point man of steel and i'm sure brandon hates that movie never saw but it man of steel is like top five superhero movie for me. Okay. And the, hmm. the reason why is because it tells a story and it humanizes, it humanizes Superman, but you don't see him as Superman until like 45 minutes or 50 minutes into the movie. So hmm. the idea that you can pace a movie and keep people entertained enough to want more yet never give the reveal until like 45 minutes. And it's like, is it coming? Is yeah. it coming? But you're still interested. It's not like, Oh fuck! Just get to the alien already. It's like, what's gonna happen next? What's gonna happen? Well, next? it makes those happen? reveals so much more meaningful exactly. when it actually does happen. You know, exactly. That's like that's what everybody's waiting for. And yeah. then you get this quick glimpse, and you're like, oh shit, yes. that was awesome. And then he's gone again, and you don't see right. him for another 15 minutes. Right, right. It's it's great storytelling, and I think that very good storytelling. People are people. I shouldn't say people. A lot of times we are so wanting to get things done that we forget about the journey like we want to get to the final thing without actually recognizing the journey in regards to to shows and in regards to movies and everything else it's like just show it already it's like well let's build up the characters and right and things like that which is why i really love the idea of series on disney plus or series on different shows like i'm so excited about obi-wan and i've been really like thinking about why don't they just start doing this all the time like start telling you have the 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 platform to do it tell a story how it should be told and stop trying to like force everything into like two hours or two and a half hours right like, just give it time to develop yeah. yeah some of the like even like we we're talking about the the cast and like you know there's not very many of them uh they're believable like in their own ways like everybody has their own specific motivations like every oh, yeah. character feels Absolutely. unique and feels like their own person where you got like the the engineering guys who want their raise. You've got Dallas, who's the <laughs> boss, who's just, yes. who's just trying to make shit run smooth. You got the slimy science guy who just wants to catch aliens. It just shit. takes like, like, a couple scenes in the beginning own... for him to do that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it feels believable. The one that turned me, like, 
I mean, you obviously know something's up, but it's the scene with uh, Sigourney Weaver and Ian Holm, Ripley and Ash, um, after the facehugger is removed, and he's got, or no, the facehugger's still on, and they're in the science office, and he's like looking into the microscope, and like, you know, they have that back and forth where she's talking to him about how he broke quarantine and all that kind of shit, and like just that scene by itself, like, builds out the yeah. character so yes. much more. He's so fucking aggravated by her. I mean, Sigourney Weaver is the hero, but we're so used to the captain being the hero because, like, this guy is handsome, he's charming, but he'll yell when he needs mm-hmm. to. He's slick. He's the he's the one that's calling the shots throughout the whole movie, like the first half of the movie or whatever. And she stands up and she says, "Like no," and you would do the same thing. Like this is the right decision, dude. Yeah, he's infected. I, I can't risk one or the three of you for the rest of us. This is this is the, how it goes, and you know that. And that's, yeah, she's the officer. That's best interest of the she had the best interest of the crew the entire time like she wasn't right. she didn't have really her everybody's against her motivations and like, there's a yeah, theme exactly. about that towards the end until she's like and she even confront yeah she confronts like ash and says what is that about and all that stuff and you don't even know at that point that like ash isn't doing because he's thinking about the guy that got infected he's doing because he was he has a side quest he has like other yes oh yeah <laughs> side quest you know he has a different mission that he has to fulfill which is to do anything it takes Everybody's expendable. Get this alien home. He's not even human, so he's just following orders. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. What is it? I says, um I don't know yet. <coughs> Did you want something? Yes, I uh a little talk. How's, uh, how's Kane? He's holding, not changes. And, uh, our guest? Oh. Hmm? Well, as I said, I'm still collating, actually, but, uh, I have confirmed that he's got an outer layer of protein polysaccharides. He has a funny habit of shedding his cells and replacing them with polarized silicon gives him a prolonged resistance to adverse environmental conditions. Is that enough? That's funny. What does it mean? Please don't do that. Thank you. I'm sorry. Well, it's an interesting combination of elements, making him a tough little son of a bitch. And you let him in? I was obeying a direct order, remember? Ash, when Dallas and Kane are off the ship, I'm senior officer. Oh, yes, I forgot. You also forgot the science division's basic quarantine law. No, that I didn't forget. Oh, I see. You just broke it. Huh? Look, what would you have done with Kane? Hmm? You know his only chance of survival was to get him in here. Unfortunately, by uh, breaking quarantine, you risk everybody's life. Maybe I should have left him outside. Maybe I've jeopardized the rest of us, but it was a risk I was willing to take. It's a pretty big risk for a science officer. It's uh, not exactly out of the manual, is it? I do take my responsibilities as seriously as you, you know. You do your job and let me do mine. Yes? There, It just goes to show that they're 
or protocols and procedures in place for you in regards to things like that in order to protect the whole. And I mean, I hate to say it, but like my quote was so great because I just totally, <laughs> and even Dave said, like it totally jumped into Dave's world. It's we break quarantine, then we all die. And yeah. it's a very extreme thing, but just asking people to do what's best is not the case because people for the most part are selfish assholes and will always act in their best interest. Yeah. So, so like they got emotional having, you know, the chancellor have a face sucker on him. So Tom Scarrett's trying to get back in with that, with that woman who's, who's oh so annoying She's and uh, constantly Lambert, panicking. Yeah, oh, I wanted her to die first. Lambert, why couldn't she? <laughs> oh God! Well, in the in the in one of the deleted scenes after you know they get back in, Lambert like I think this was in the director. She slaps cut. her. Right? She slaps Ripley and calls her a bitch. Like yeah, like you didn't. That's you're you're gonna leave me out there to die. And yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. like there was an underlying tension between those two the entire movie. Right, and had. Had they just followed protocol and been like, yeah, uh, he's fucked up. And, and then, and so she was really relying upon what systems were in place and using a logical scientific brain in order to keep everybody safe. And like, no, we know it's better than you because, you know, we stayed at a holiday in. So now we know <laughs> exactly what works best. It's like, well, they did that. that shit works. Like they did, they they went out in this shitty ass weather to go like exploring, which seems like a bad idea on a strange planet all by yourself. But then you'll notice, like you know, you have the long scene where you have uh, ashes in communication with them while they're exploring. You know, the Prometheus ship, they're doing all that stuff, and then you know, let's poke at some eggs and like the practical effects on those eggs was friggin' oh, awesome. God. Like that shit was it's creepy, so creepy as hell. It's creepy. Like, and it looks so good still. Well, and it oh. looks disgusting. The inside of the egg looks like raw chicken Phenomenal. and it's just like <laughs> moving around and like, oh, it's so gross. Good. Really good. But Duke I was gets hit with the like, face hugger. Kane? Sorry, and then they just, yeah, Kane, and then they just like, from there, it goes to the ship and then like three seconds later, they're back at the ship. Like there's no, I was going to say, there's no radio impressed. communications in between coming back or anything. I'm impressed that they were able to carry his body that far through like rocky terrain. They didn't even show yeah. that. Yeah, that was interesting. No, how they, they cut didn't that, show that whole thing out. He gets he gets hit on his helmet and then it goes black. And next thing you know, they're buzzing like, to get in. Shit mm-hmm. escalates real quickly once they go back. I'm like, I don't know. That I would say, Which, yeah. I would argue that that's some of the best sci-fi cinema we have ever seen from when they enter the spaceship to yes. when he well, when they down. get back to the ship and and ripley saying no you cannot i would say it's so suspenseful and so well done from the glass paintings when the one when kane's like dropping into the eggs nest and all stuff like that's just glass paintings that they they made for the for the movie it's, really? it just oh, looks so good and then you see, like you're just talking about, you're gushing over this production where he's looking at these eggs and all these things. And it's, it, I was looking for weaknesses. I was looking for, all right, yes. it's been years. It's been years now. It's been like forty years, or whatever. Like it, things got to start cracking like this. But no, everything from those alien uh, eggs to the 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 environment to the actual alien um, production, like in the mouth and the water and dripping and and everything just looks. So good. It's a very it's all good so movie. Believable, yeah. Fucking nailed yeah. it. They were, they were a little too gooey for me. Like, where's the alien getting all this water from? Like, he's just dripping all over the place. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Pretty, it's pretty gross. <laughs> I I did have some I did have some weird spots that poked out to me. Like, 
the alien, you know, I mean, the the scene that I think steals the whole movie and kind of burns itself into every brain, everybody's brain is, you know, guy comes back with the face sucker, face sucker disappears. Um, for some reason, I don't know why they all go, <laughs> they call, all go into the infirmary to, like, where'd the face sucker go? And none of yeah. them have, none of them have masks have on, none of them have face. Like a fucking a stick to like whack right. it with or anything. Right. They're just like. Let's well, go look had, around. They had, they <laughs> had the light idiot. prods. They had the light prods. And I'm thinking, why, first of all, like, why would all of you go in there? Yeah. Like, that makes no sense. And then second, like, why don't a single one of you have anything over your fucking face? <laughs> right. Like, not a gun, not a nothing. sword or anything. I think, though, that's, this, is something, this is something, too, to think about is, you know, like, in comparison to the second movie, Aliens, they are soldiers. Like they're ready to fucking roll and rumble and everything else. These people aren't. They're they are they're both mercenaries of a different type. One of them, the mercenaries, i.e., the people who are on this this freight and the alien, are just there to do their job and go home. The second yeah, like ones blue are blue collar workers. They're not even right. like they're not trained to do any deal with any of this. They shit. just transport shit. Right. They're right. Engineers so they probably... that know how to take care of a ship and follow coordinates right so so maybe that ties in a little bit better the fact that they all went in without having any type of weapons or anything like that because they're just not thinking along those lines of being attacked which still doesn't (laughs) make sense but i think it's a little more probable i don't mind that they they made dumb decisions because it like like you guys are saying like it it makes sense because they don't have that training they don't know, know how and they're not really i mean they're thinking there's like a little like face hugger running around right now, which is all right. So one thing I want to talk about that I noticed, which is really cool, is that like I've seen this movie so many times, so it's really hard to see this with fresh eyes. But I was thinking, like, man, first thing you know is like this guy sticks his stupid head over this egg, ex- explodes onto his face, and you're like, okay, what? And, it, and then he gets knocked out. Then you wake up and it's like on his face, he's alive, and they're kind of like studying it, but you know it's like okay, now it's on his face and it's keeping him alive, and we don't know if it's killing him or what. And then Ash is like, you know, hey Dallas Captain, you want to check this out? He keeps doing this, like, and you get used to this pattern in this movie. You're like, all right, now what's going on? And he's just like, um, it like got off of his face or something like that, and like, okay, well, let's go find it. And then they find it, and then it's like in the ceiling, and it falls in Ripley, and it's like dead. So then they like, which is really cool because they're like poking it and all stuff and look really realistic and stuff like that. So that, that was such, so cool. Yeah. Looking, though. But, the, but then you get another call. Then you're like, you're trying to, everybody's trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. And then you, then Ash calls again, hey, come back. You might want to see this. All right. Well, now what's going on with it? Um, Kane. Well, now Kane's back. He's awake and he's alive. And like, oh, okay. So it's and like, he's just fine. At, yeah. Every, every few minutes, you just keep getting like updated on the situation, but you don't realize how. F- fast things are going so it's, it goes from like on his face is the face hugger then it falls off and like goes in the ceiling and dies but then yeah like then the guy wakes up and then we're having lunch or whatever dinner right. or whatever and the guy's right. talking My about like having a, well, well hold on i really like that he's just like what was it like like what was it like when you were unconscious and he said it was like i was being smothered but then he gets interrupted i thought that was like a really creepy scene when Caden was talking about what it's like having the face hugger did they did they have the, the like the the dissection in there? Was that in your version of the movies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like that that looked like you ever see like the you see videos on YouTube or whatever like the horseshoe crabs 
The, yeah, yeah. Flip like over. to really? lift that thing up, like it looks like that under it. Like it looks so nasty and gross in there. Like yeah, it looks that was as fuck. Just the the practical effects in the face. But you're constantly just like getting updated with like That's the crazy. condition of this infection, this this thing that happened to Kane. But now Kane's alive. And like, okay, where's this movie going? But next thing you know, you're like laughing at like we were at breakfast. Hey, yeah, whatever. And all of a sudden, he just like keels over and he's like on top of the table. And he's like shaking vigorously and everybody's. That's the food is that bad. Yeah. Even even though this movie is you know came out in 79 that scene is still like fucking yeah. haunting you know that's yeah. what i'm saying he just kills over like like you said you don't know what's happening he, he seems fine everything's fine and then all of a sudden he's laying on the table and something's fucking literally bursting out of his chest and like just that one in the beginning that one little spurt of blood and they're all everyone goes silent they're all like what the fuck was yes that? and then it just fucking explodes oh my what? god I know that Hal, is that his name? Ash. No, I call him Hal. Sorry, I'm thinking of 2001. But um, Ash, didn't they have like a body scanner? And wouldn't he have seen like a small like that creature? Was, yeah, it was I think still so. on his face when they were scanning him, but. And still dude's body. Well, I think that was the intention. They were, Ash was trying to hide a lot of the yes. you know, diagnosis. Right before Kane starts throwing up. Because he's, I was watching. It's like, how long does this? I remember the scene, but I don't remember the specifics. But he's going through the food. He takes like one bite, bro. He takes one bite, and he doesn't even get to enjoy that before the scene comes out. But you see a cut to Ash, and he's like smiling, like yeah, he says something, and then he looks over, and as soon as um, Kane starts coughing or whatever, he's like, what? He's like anticipating something. Yes, mm-hmm. and that motherfucker knew some details. Yeah. We, there's some recon on this alien. That's why they wanted to get. Just like he oh, must yeah. have known that it was implanted, and he was just like, "All right, it's a matter of time." And I think he knows he's expendable because he's an android, he's a robot. So right, he just he's yeah, not whole... he's not worried about dying. He's just concerned about the mission because he's always freaking well, his out. Whole he's always directive, like, edgy. Yeah. His whole directive was to keep the alien safe. I mean, they even whatever they even say it. Uh, or mother, they even when Ripley goes in and looks expendable, at the messages from right. mother, yeah, all yeah, all crew is expendable. You know, the highest yeah. priority is to protect the organism. Yeah. yeah, it was funny how like that the alien pops out of the dude's chest, and like they did mention it when they were on the spaceship before. You're Brandy. You just did the face, like he, like, like he's looking like looking around. around the room and like looking at everybody. Mommy, he's like, Daddy, all right, all right, fuck this, I'm out. And he yeah. just like yeah, scampers good. away. Like what guys, movie is it? What thing. movie is it? Is it Spaceballs that has Spaceballs, the scene at the end? Yes. <laughs> Hello, so I was we were talking Hello, about that. <laughs> we were talking about the model flying by and like the massiveness of it. That it reminds me of Spaceballs every time. Every when I see that now, but that's a my whole question is movie. how the hell does that alien go from a little baby to a huge well ass that's the shot that but that's what i'm saying it's an like alien the pacing is why does it matter no you're constantly learning new things next thing you know they're like fucking jones that goddamn cat fucking i think cat. that even that makes it more scary because like, that cat scene was great yeah because brett well, is like yeah, going yeah. around it's... like bathing in like the the water condensation of, of the ship he's just like water's just he's just, like drinking it and I'm like, what are you doing? And like, you're looking for a cat, and there's like a little alien running around that's like hugging people's faces. Well, the cat, like, the cat, they should never let him go off by himself. That's like rule number one. Yeah, you got a killer alien true. out on the loose. Well, like, you don't know like, that. You it's asshole, big, though, you let the cat cool go. Scene. 
because the cat knows that there's something scary going on. Mm-hmm. And when he's like, come well. on, kitty, come on, Josie, come on, come on, come on, I'm not going to hurt you. <laughs> I think it's funny that the cat's an asshole. asshole. I mean, maybe yeah, this Joe movie sucks. was the f- the first to do <laughs> the first to do a lot of like the horror movie tropes. But like you said, you have like they split up and they you know get out on their own. You have like the the fake out jump scares with the cat. Like that's like yeah. it's such a classic horror movie trope. Like the yeah. the fake jump scare. You know, like oh you think something's gonna happen, but then oh no, it's just the cat. Yeah. Um, even while he's in there, he finds the skin on the ground, like you know mm-hmm. the shedding of the skin. And yeah. he's like, eh, I'm going to keep looking for the cat. <laughs> like, no, yeah. That's not a, uh, yeah. that's not a giveaway. Like, nah. yeah. But that skin was probably like, you know, it's the little skin. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, like you see it like two minutes later and it's like, goddamn six feet tall and it's towering over him with his giant, weird, cumbersome head. I don't know. It's just, yeah, I, Listen, I don't know how it, I, the, the proteins, how much it had to eat in order to get that big. Well, it doesn't need, uh, I mean, they, they said like later in the movie, they say like it's an apex predator. It doesn't need a lot to survive or to, you know, develop. And that's why it's so dangerous and scary. Yes. Huh. Is because it, it can live in these harsh, con- harsh conditions and survive in these harsh conditions. Like, yes. And that, and it's that's an the thing I love too is, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was killing for fun almost like it knew people were on there and it was just like going around killing people because a, it knew it was like the superior being or B it was just doing it for sport. It never consumed people. It never ate people. It just like killed them and move on. That's a good point. Like, that's kind it, of what I like, thought it was does. doing. Like when it, it just kills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it does. Well, in the, whatever we get in the deleted scene, it does take Brett and Dallas away and then puts them into like the cocoons, which is, one of the ways that they do their reproduction, which we don't learn right. in this movie. Um, but like, that is a nice little, like, okay. Backstory. I didn't see, I didn't right. see Brett in the cocoon. I just saw the, the captain, but yeah, he does. He yeah, does murder people later too. and just like leaves the bodies there, walks away. Mm-hmm. He's so like, what yeah. kind of, where is he getting all his protein? I don't know. I don't know. Where's he getting his acid? That do you think if there was more than, was, was there more than one of those, one of those crabs on there by chance because why would he be saving people to put into the wall if they weren't already impregnated or right right they would need yeah. to be yeah, I don't yeah, know. Face huggers. so yeah. maybe he's saving them for later but how do they even stay alive like how do you know they're gonna stay i know it's they need like one of those uh them? one of those life cycle of a butterfly posters that shows like how the aliens reproduce and like yeah yeah. Well, first it goes to right. face hugger, and then the face hugger spits out the alien. But then, what does the alien do? Like the alien doesn't make more face huggers to make more aliens. No. Li- the you, well, you, if we see later in later, well, AVP, the queen please. alien lays the eggs. Okay. The eggs, yes. The face hugger, the eggs produce the face huggers. The face huggers impregnate their hosts, and then the eggs turn into aliens. So, like the queen is what where the face huggers can come from. Right. So technically there's a queen on that Prometheus ship that they went to then somewhere. They just didn't Must see it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's because they mentioned the on the Prometheus on the Prometheus ship that like, Oh, this fucking alien looks like his chest exploded from the inside. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's just like mm-hmm. a throwaway line early, but then later in the movie, you're like, Oh, that's why. So now we see why yeah. I will say, I love the design of the alien. It's amazing. Yes. The ol- my only gripe with it, is the hands for some reason the hands, the hands. yeah yes the, ah! it's the head. when he's like like when he yeah, kills when dallas like, 
gotcha. Yeah, and he's grabbing. Yeah, are, exactly. Yeah, that's are the, like, my only great. No, I know. There's two shots in this movie that don't hold up. It's the peekaboo scene. Yeah. And then um, and then when Ripley uh, has to finally kill it at the end, and she pushes it out, and it like gets caught on the door, and then like it, it like bounces back to the ship. It looks like mm-hmm. a guy wearing a fucking rubber suit. The body is not as cool as the head. I think the well, head is the cool part. The Ridley tail Scott's and the head. Original the head intention. doesn't make sense. Ridley Scott's original intention was to keep the alien as like, you know, shrouded in shadows as much as possible so it didn't reveal its human form. Like that was one of his rules in the movie is like that he didn't want of like a full body shot of the alien. It makes sense. So which I think I think that's why it's like Jaws, you don't want to see the whole do shark. See it, you want to see the mouth, right. The scary part. When we do yeah. see it with like the ship like you were talking about, it does look kind of funny. Like, yeah, the yeah, the the biggest the biggest draw as far as like being suspenseful and scary oftentimes, especially in the older films like the mummy and everything else, is is that you would never really see the creature. Like you never see the creature, it's just the suspense around it, knowing that it's there. Blair and Witch. I, yeah. Uh, I, the Shining. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think like it's most movie, effective when you just get these little boating. glimpses, you know? Yeah. Teases. Because your your brain it's so great. It's, it's, a, it's a principle based upon a lot of shit that we do. It's just just stall principle. Yeah. Your brain connects everything. You know that if you see three, you know, right angles or four right angles in a certain shape, it makes a square, even though there is no, you know, no connection of the two, but your brain connects it. So it's kind of the same thing where like your brain connects that there's this menacing creature out there based upon yeah. this, 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 and this. And so you, you're, you're painting the picture of how the alien is supposed to be it's like reading a book. Everybody says, oh, the book was better. It's because your brain's painting the picture. So you give people just enough of a little little glimpse of it, and like they paint the picture. They fill in everything else that needs imagination, to be there. Imagination makes things so much scarier, yes. too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanna There's build, a million possibilities. I want to build yeah. off of this, but I might get a little deep, and you guys tell me to shut the fuck up if I'm being... Oh, God, here we go. But <laughs> you, Come on, you guys know sometimes I do this, but... So I think there, I think there is actually a, a fucking deeper meaning to this movie, and I think it's playing off of what Kirk was talking about, where you just kind of know in your brain, you know how how the audience is gonna or the the viewer of this movie is going to go in. You're gonna think Dallas is the man, he's the one that's gonna be the hero, yeah, and you you know that this alien is gonna like kill people. That's you go into the movie thinking that's about it. So a sci-fi horror movie. All right, great. And yeah, it is that in a way, except that you don't know that Sigourney Weaver is the hero, the woman, the the cute petite brunette, that she's actually the badass of this movie, and she's been telling you she's been the one that's logical and most resourceful and like like the smartest one of the group because she, it's her wits and her her endurance that gets us to the end of the movie. But the I also will inherit the hers, yeah. But they also picked a specific artist because he's very vulgar with his artwork, and that's why they wanted the alien to look like that. So now, now you know that the 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 the, the hero is a heroine, and it's not a dude; it's a woman. And you know that the the artist is using a very phallic-looking creature design on purpose. Like they they, so it's like saying, "Hey, saying the alien looks like a dick." I'm saying, dude, there's a double dick ship boner ship that they crash landed <laughs> into in the island. So I'm saying that I'm yeah, saying yeah, that really, Scott. Show. It's a fucking double dick bone. Hard on very well known for like. I don't know about that. Sexualization totally is. of a lot of and, stuff. Yeah, but I yeah. think I think that this movie is about men and women. 
I think it's commentary on a lot of things. I think there's another layer in this movie that's going on about men and women. And it knows that you're going to think that Dallas is the hero and he's not. And you have a real hero right here, right? Which is Ripley. So you think and it's, you phallic, think it's like, okay, think about it. What does the alien do? It's like being raped. It goes to you and it fucking just does what it wants to you and uses your body. Right. And you don't mm. want that to happen. And then it, now you're infected or you have this baby or an STD in you. And I think that this, <laughs> this, I think that movie alien is the metaphor for STD rape men, <laughs> overpowering women. I could be fucking okay. wrong. But I think you're looking at the one of the strongest eras of storytelling in indie directors. You got George Lucas, you got Carpenter, you got uh, really Scott. I mean, like Scott had some budget behind this movie, but still, I think these guys wanted to tell specific things, and I think underneath this, there is at more the time, to it than it's just a sci-fi movie. I don't with know. A, I, I'm sorry, coming but I had to 70s, say it. I could be wrong. Coming but back, I just think, coming back forty something years later and looking back on it, I think you can place a lot of those. That you can kind of. Put those well, uh, thoughts yes, into I, yes, it. Yes, I'm taking 2022 fucking social comedy. Yeah, I'm just saying. Back in the day, they mm. picked that artist because he was doing that specifically. He wanted. He to was be... drawing dick aliens. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, I don't because think... it was, because no, of people true. uncomfortable. Yeah, H.R. Geiger was very well known for making like you know sexualized. Yeah, and people are uncomfortable. What? I mean, the 50s mm-hmm. were two 20 years before that, dude. They were. Yeah. It was like a different era. You know, you didn't have gay marriage. Dude, it was a totally different era back then. So 1979, when he's making the sci-fi movie, I think he had some more creative thought in his head besides just making, I'm going to make a really good sci-fi movie. I think he wanted to say something. Well, I mean, there's definitely an undertone of, like, empowering the the heroine here. Because, right. I mean, we even see, like, Parker and uh, Brett, you know, especially Parker, he has a big problem with Ripley. Because she's always bossing him around, and she's a woman. Like he, he doesn't think that he, sh- she should be the one bossing him around and telling him what to do. That's a good and like, point. there's a deleted scene where he's like, basically just calling her like she's a bitch and all this stuff behind her back. Like, so like, there's definitely that undertone for sure. Right, and she literally is undermined the whole time. She's telling people, and nobody's like respecting her. And guess what? She was fucking yeah, right the whole time. I mean, well, idiots. dude, you bring that up, it makes me think because. Lambert is like the complete opposite. She's the oh, woman God. character you would expect. Exactly. Helpless. She's like yeah. freaking out. She's scared. She's timid. And then Ripley is the, you know, the strong female character here. And everybody has a problem with that because, you know, she's trying to take the lead and they don't like that. Yeah. So. I don't know. But, rant's over, but I'm just saying, not even a rant. It's just, it's just how I feel when I see this movie. And I, I was, I still feel like that. I feel, I still feel that way. I think that he was trying to say something, but anyway, I mean, I think it's, I think it's an incredible sci-fi movie. I think he, he pulled, I love when the movie has more going on to it than on face value. Just look, Oh, it's this, but it's actually a lot more from the moment the logo comes in to like the final scene with the final act where like she made it. And all of a sudden, pow, there's a hand. I love that surprise. I love that. And she hides in the closet and he's just napping. He's just napping. He's all. Is that what it was doing? Was killing. Yeah, he was sleeping. <laughs> I think it was. Just that's what I was wondering. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing over there? He's just gonna. <laughs> he like, found a nice. Accent. He found a nice little nook to take a nap, and he, you know, he was all tired from killing all his victims, so he needed a rest. So uh, I'm trying to think what, what was the self-destruct mechanism? Yeah. And yeah. There's. I was, I was just thinking about. 
how she tries to go back and turn it off and it's like that was my question like, like oh shit oh why, shit oh shit why did she did she just have a second you know second thought like oh maybe i shouldn't do this because well, i was just wondering like why did she try to go back and turn it off yeah yeah she I, saw I, the alien and then just panicked and turned around and went to turn it off i don't know she didn't think she'd be able to get to the ship in time is my guess maybe yeah maybe know. she didn't think she would be able to yeah get out of there that's something yeah. i wrote down like why did she decide she wanted to go turn before it off? before all of this happens let's rewind a little bit um ash uh goes a little bit crazy he starts sweating milk like i don't know what the fuck in my opinion this is the grossest scene in the movie like <laughs> so it's the whole ash thing so what causes him to like unhinge and go crazy like there's like he goes from like normal creepy scientist dude to like murderous android who's trying to Ripley was figuring like, shit out. Yeah, she's Dallas, Dallas was dead, she so she went plan. into other things. She was yeah. asking different questions, mm-hmm. and she got asked. So she but figured why out. Why does that make him? Why does that make him go insane? Like Jake is up. He goes into murder mode. Jake well, is up. Not only that, but he's he's a robot. So they they have mechanisms where they get fucked up, and sure they don't think right or function. So is I it, think it's a moot point. Yeah. That's the, it's literally like the worst way to strangle to kill somebody I've ever seen in a movie. I think the magazine rolling up a magazine and trying to stick it in their mouth. Yeah, I'm like, what that is going weird. on here? That, I that is was just. I th- again, I think there's something more to it. He's like, put this in your fucking mouth, woman. I I think that like our I don't know. I think there's like, it's weird. I don't know it's, like about a weird that. it's a weird no. choice. Just choke her. I th- Why are you yeah. saying something in her mouth to kill her? That's I what I was mean, saying. Like he could have easily. Killed apparently, her. people were trying to yeah beat you off. Like he was beating people off. Yeah, he gives Brandon. He gives no, the dude like no, the, no reaction there, Brandon. No reaction, Brandon. He was he was like knocking people off of him, throwing them all across the room, and then he reaches over and like grabs dude's chest and like starts squeezing. He's like, ah! Oh, he's doing like, why he couldn't does. he? The Temple of why Doom. Why couldn't he just like like smash her head? Like, yeah. Boom, 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 and be done with it. I think he wanted to torture her. Yeah, it was to weird. Be a tor- I don't know. Torturing death. Which is weird because but- why would a robot do that? Like just snap her neck. Just get it over with. You're a robot. Yeah. Why would yeah? Why would he... Why Ash do robots do most things? Why do they do most things, man? Like, let's let's di- let's dive deep into let's that. Dig into robots. <laughs> Every scene. Let's, 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 un- dig let's into unpack robot that. Philosophy. Ro- robot robot hate. Let's unpack that. It is kind <laughs> of I don't know. Like and then obviously uh, who is it? Parker comes in and starts just beating him in the side of the head with a. Stick that or or something. Hold, that yeah. holds up very well. I was so like, wow, like the way they redid his head in that scene and it's like hanging off. I was really impressed. Yeah. That looked really good. 1977, or I'm sorry, 1979. Like that's incredible. Yeah. There's a definite jump when they're like hooking they them up. It, they're yeah. rehooking them up and then they do like the the fake swap. Yeah, when he's when tell, his head's in the thing, there. I think it's still, you can tell his it, head's it really good. out of a table, but yeah, it looks really good when he's yeah when he's talking. And yeah. I, I noticed this too as well when he was doing his whole speech and talking. Like he did a really really good job not to blink. Uh, wow. If I don't know if you guys noticed that, but he didn't oh, okay. blink at all. Wow. You know, um, it, it was pretty insane when the had, milk like, was coming milk out of his mouth, shit leaking out of his mouth. Oh, gross. <laughs> that is yeah. yeah well here's you know that now that i live with a speech therapist there was no way that he was going to be able to make voice with just his head 
he has to have like lungs and everything else attached so that was a bit weird but um, anyway yeah, i didn't even think of that if he's i mean if he's put together like a normal person sure yeah yeah. Brandon, you were gonna jump in. What you got over there? Oh, I was just gonna say a random thought, but like when Kane dies, there's a scene where like everybody's at the 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 like kind of like the cockpit, and Dallas is looking at the video anybody feed of anything? of like Kane's body wrapped up. Is does anybody want to have final words? And like nobody said shit. And I'm like, all right, I guess they're not that close with this guy, but and then like he just launches, launches ass, ass out dude they, they don't just launch him they chuck his ass dude he just it's like goes. it's just like it's just like did did he owe you money dallas did you did he fucking say something about like your ex-girlfriend because you're like fucker boom and he's spinning just he rocketed just, out of there it was just yeah. like get the fuck out of here so glad you died like somebody threw a burrito across the room just like <laughs> dude god it's comical i was watching him wait for his head to like hit something like, boom well, yeah. the science of it, uh, I mean, you're decompressing an airlock into a vacuum of space, so everything's going to get shot out pretty quickly. But I just, in my head, I forgot the scene, so I just thought that would be like a beautiful shot of him slowly like being shot out and just slowly no. going to the abyss of darkness for eternity. No. I like that Jesus <laughs> flung him out there. This it isn't like Guardians of the inside. Galaxy where they... Like they have Simpsons a firework bit. show whenever somebody dies. <laughs> some shit like that. God. Another He's thing I noticed, here. though, thinking about this movie is... um. Is I know we probably should wrap up, but is like there's some really good POV shots, and I don't know, I'm a sucker for a like, uh, fun footage that. movie. And like in 1979, they were doing a lot of these, you know, like especially with Kane kind of walking through, explaining like, oh, the eggs nest, uh, the nest of eggs mm-hmm. that he found, all this stuff. But but this movie in general, there's a lot of POV shots, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, like it was like uh, when Ripley's running down the hall at the end when she's running away from the alien, they. They go to her point of view, and you just see flashing lights and smoke and shit flying by you. It just kind of adds to the... It puts you in their place to kind of see what they see, which is insane. I forgot all about the helmet shots, where they have the POV there, too. Yeah, I love it. So good. I mean, they can see how this movie inspired Half-Life, Halo. Dude, I I was just going to bring that up. Just shit in general. Dead Space, as soon as I saw like those corridors and stuff, I I instantly thought of Dead Space. I'm like, Mm -hmm. holy shit. This movie influenced so many sci-fi things that came after it. Movies, video games, like everything. Like, what was it like in... I was born in 1981, but, like, what was it like in 1981 when you just got hand-delivered, like, all these amazing movies from Jaws to Star Wars to... Empire Strikes Back and... Oh, yeah, dude, just like... You forget about... You forget all about the shitbags, like, you know... I, I'm trying to think of a movie from 1981 that's a pile of garbage that we don't yeah, but talk bad about movie. anymore. But no, but I'm just saying that like you're getting the greatest movies of all time where we're still trying to add to them or reboot them today because we can't like we it's like we came up with the best. We ran out of ideas. Movies. I mean, think <laughs> about it. I mean, even in the horror, you had Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You had um, yeah. Friday the 13th. You had Halloween. Again, like this span of like five to six years of the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. It was the best at coming up with fiction. I'll just say fiction, yeah. just sci-fi, yeah. or even if it's grounded or whatever. But I just, just be, if you're a movie fan and you're just like, what an era of movies! You're just probably blown away. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think people ran out of have run out of creativity, original ideas. I think that business. Yeah, it's all about making that dollar. <laughs> mm. There's still, there's still indie films. 
that happen, but there's not indie sci-fi films, you know, or like any like big budget mm-hmm. sci-fi films or, and I think there's a lot of saturation in movies today too, where you can't really even focus on, unless you're a movie critic or reviewer or whatever, it's hard to even focus on movies and, and see them all because there's so many out there now. Right. And the ones that get the most play are the ones that like happen to sneak through a can't con or, or, you know, have the big budget like a like a Marvel movie or superhero movie, right? And so or Top Gun, which I'm going to go see Thursday. I'm very excited we about. We are too. But yeah, I want to see it. But well. um, but yeah, it's, it's it's I don't think there's a lack of imagination or creativity. I think there's just a lack of of trust and a lack in seeing people's visions and things of that nature. Trying to make things too uh, too focused on making it appeal to a wider audience rather than yes. But Kirk, you're being like focusing on your artistic vision is what you're. Asking. Yeah, I like it. So, uh, what Kirk just said though is paramount to what's going on in the movie industry because if we would look at the greatest directors and the greatest franchises, they started off as indie flicks. Look at Halloween; it was made with no budget. The dude right. that directed it wrote the song, you know, and it's regarded as one of the greatest horrors of all time. Star Wars was an indie flick. Jaws was an indie film. These were movies made by young dudes with no reputation who had a good eye, good eye, and it just kind of went and kind of made it up as it went along. And yeah, I mean that's that's the problem because like the 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 artist hasn't changed, the world has changed, the business has changed, and it is it's weird because we're all so pumped about new Star Wars content, new superhero content. We we do we do love the machine when the machine's good. But it does hinder the indie, the heart of the indie, you know, the guy who says, yeah. like, I know, but I got an idea and I don't have a budget, but I've got a good idea. Why can't I tell my story? Why does it always have to be Brad Pitt in outer space with you corporate know, greed has always been the source <laughs> and toppling of societies. It also doesn't help that we're yeah now getting these like mega corporations like Disney that is just buying up every IP out there that yeah. exists, yeah, homogenizing everything. So yeah, yeah. that's part of and it. And they own I mean, they still... own Alien, they own Miramax Films, Dude, yeah, they or whatever. Own they Alien. own all that shit. Yeah, it's crazy. Listen, we're talking doom and gloom, but there's still indie creators out there making fantastic things sure. like we just uh, watched right. parasite or like uh you I know, know that's indie but foreign yeah. films well foreign films i guess sure. because you know i mean parasite i guess it, i don't know I, I consider it probably an indie film i don't think it had a huge budget but for 1979 this it had a budget alien had a budget of 11 million which technically today is like probably a lot it's like 40 45 46 million dollars but I mean, that's pulled, still relatively in, small. Yeah, ten times that yeah. amount for a budget. Box yeah. Office, which, oh yeah. I mean, that's how you start a franchise. Is you, you know, this this crazy hit comes out of nowhere. It's always so. the sci-fi. It's always the sci-fi. Look at us now. Like, it was probably lame to like Star Wars and superheroes in the early '90s, but now it's dominating. Yeah. All the biggest movies are sports, or not sports, like sci-fi or. You know, all the kids that were fiction, ner- fantasy. All the kids that yeah. were nerds back in the day are the ones that all have the good jobs and have just, yeah. just disposable can income afford, now. Sort of go right. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly before we it. before we wrap up here, um, we didn't talk about the final scene. You know, um, 
Alien goes around, murders everybody. It's only Sigourney and Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones and me. And the cat sucks. Yeah, the cat is kind of a dickhead. What? I um, love that cat. No, he's an <laughs> asshole. He got he got Just get in the cage and you know, get in. People Just get killed. in the cage. Yeah, whatever. And no, people would be alive. Brett's dead because uh, of you, piece of shit. Cat. So and basically, Brett. yeah. Brett. He's Was like, Brett he's a, a good he, guy? Two jump scares. I don't know about two that. fucking jump scares, man. Yeah. Two fucking yeah. jump scares because that goddamn kid. Because you kn- and you know what's coming. That's the worst. <laughs> check but. out, check out the brain on Brett. He's a <laughs> so she yeah. gets in the ship with the cat, fly away. Ship self destructs, which is like that's a big ass explosion for yeah, a ship. Dude. I guess it was a big ass ship, but it was cool there was a, too, though. A, a well, of, it's basically a, a nuke that had to blow up the ship. You know. Like, 20 million. think about how many reactors and stuff are in there, like nuclear right. reactors. And if she kills all, all the ore. proof of everything, oh, like, yeah. what, how is she going to explain that to the company? Like, so you blew up the ship? Well, there was an alien. What well, alien? All records are destroyed. And all the stuff that you were towing. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Here's an invoice. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> they do. Yeah, there's some follow up to what happens to Ripley after the, after the events of this movie, but like, the company that hired they're the ones that wanted the alien so they're pissed that she destroyed it isn't that i I don't remember aliens how do they like just five cent elevator pitch how is there more aliens in aliens i don't think they they come across a planet they're going on a mission and they run into aliens okay a different planet though yeah and i think that the company that sent them knew and she warns that and she's like, but it's so great seeing yeah. seeing the advance in technology, like the room finder, mm-hmm. where they have like the the meter motion thing, where it's like, where you know, you can see from this little motion here where the alien is and kind of get an idea of where it's coming from. But in the second one, they have they have a wide range, and it's just like the swarm of aliens coming to them, and mm-hmm. and then the death scenes. And you get one of the most iconic lines, game over, man. Scary. Game over, man. <laughs> from the late Bill Paxton, but yeah, it's uh, uh, R.I.P. Uh, yeah. Good yeah. yeah. So yeah, I can't wait yeah. until we talk about aliens. I guess, yeah, to finish it up, you get a napping alien on your ship. She she just I don't know. This is I think what start skyrocketed Sigourney Weaver to her stardom was the, the sexy the sexy underwear scene at the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. Dude, just a little, a little short, hint of butt crack. Tiny yeah. Damn, yeah. woman. Like you why just, were, yeah, why were they so small? That was definitely a Hollywood you can't be... production thing. Like, okay, here's the, here's your costume for this scene. Okay, great. Right. So you're wearing a t-shirt and here's your underwear. I'm sorry, I think this <laughs> yeah. is the wrong size. No. Nope. Is this a Kleenex? It's a, no, this is yeah, underwear. Yeah. Nope. And then yeah, we want you to just like 80s. lean over and pull the handle and just kind of you know, jerk it around and yeah, clearly Hollywood. There's no reason for that whole scene. I mean, I'm not complaining well, as a man. I'm not complaining. She's getting, I'm just saying I can't see it. <laughs> she's getting ready to go to sleep, and then you know, napping alien, and then she kind of hides in the closet, crawls in her suit. I love how they did it though, because the beak is so pretty and relaxing. You're getting ready for like the wind up, and you're like, yeah, she won, and. <laughs> A fucking hand. Hi. Yeah. He's just like, man. He's yeah. just stretching out. Over <laughs> he's just stretching. Yeah. You know, he's just stretching. It's exactly what he's doing. Such a good just fake stretching. out. Yeah. Like after a long day of killing, he needed a nap. You know the scene where Ash is trying to sh- shove the newspaper magazine down her throat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there's pictures in the background, like posted pictures of naked women on the wall, like boobies oh, yeah. and stuff like oh, that. Right. I saw that. It, 
that's what started like the 80s. This is the beginning of the 80s where right. all it was was boobs and sacks. Every movie, like boobs and sacks somewhere. Yeah. Like even Die Hard, when, when they go into like the yes. office and there's the, the couple having sex, oh, yeah. it's like boobs and then there's saxophone somewhere. It's like, and Die started. Hard, when this... he's literally got a gun, he's sneaking through like the, the upper air, like unfinished area, and there's a picture of a woman and he stops. John McLean stops making a comment. Gotta look at it. Yeah. yeah, and he like he goes, touches yeah. it and all that stuff, and he like, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a good observation. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So, yeah, and this this is the start of it. So, <laughs> yeah, but nice. is great. Yeah, it's great. Well, I like it. <laughs> they should make a franchise out of it. <laughs> yeah, why not? All right. Well, does anybody have anything else before we kind of chat on everything? I have to say, Eric's got before, a hand up before we wrap up. Um. I've talked about it before, but Alien Isolation, the video game, fantastic, is incredible. I think it perfectly recaptures the feeling that you get in the oh. original Alien movie. Like that fear of the alien hunting you. You know there's something out there. And putting you in the first-person perspective and being like the daughter of Ripley as the protagonist, like it is, it's incredible. And it, That's it's cool. like the, the set design of it, like perfectly recaptures the the Nostromo. Um, like everything about it is top notch. And like, so if you're into video games at all, and you have the means to play this game, is like, it considered canon? It's probably cheap as hell too. Yeah, I I believe it is. I thought it was um, too. And she's it's the daughter of Ripley. It's the, yeah, it's Amanda. I thought Ripley it was Winona Ryder. Ripley. Isn't I don't know Resurrection. I don't know. Yeah. I forget one of the later. Yeah, she's movies. in the Resurrection. I know she's in there. Uh, well, whatever. Alien Isolation Amanda Ripley is, is the daughter she's, of Ellen Ripley, and yeah, it's fantastic. It's it uh, free on Game Pass or forty dollars if you want to buy it separate. So highly, highly recommend it. Yes, nice. Brandon Kirk, you got anything else? No, man. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Well, my favorite quote was uh, "One more wheel meal before bed." I'm buying. <laughs> that was Dallas's <that> <laughs> line right before. That's good. Uh, I, th- I thought that uh, one made me chuckle when I saw that. Perfect thing to end on. Yeah. Nice. All right. We'll we'll take a little break here, um, and we'll uh, come back with a game. I guess um, we got a little bit of a movie <laughs> twenty questions to play today, so we'll be right, right back. And we are back for, I guess, we're going to play a game. I guess. <laughs> if we, we have again. to. Uh, we're going to play a game around of movie 20 questions. So same rules as usual. You guys have 20 questions of yes or no. 
where I will tell you yes or no. <laughs> and uh, you guys get 19 questions and one guess at the end to try and figure out this brain teaser I got for you. So all right, whenever go. you guys are ready, fire away. I, I always got to start with this one. Was this movie released before the year 2000? Before 2000 is a big no. No. Okay. So within the last 22 years. Was it? Was it, I got to narrow it down. Was it released after 2010? No. All right. So we got a range. 2000 to 2010. Right. Is this a that sci-fi movie? Uh, I would say yes. Okay. Um... Is this movie part of a franchise? Oh, good. there you go. Good question. Uh, no. Hmm. Interesting. So, was this movie well received? Movie. Do people like this movie? Well, it depends if people like you or other people <laughs> <watching> <laughs> movies. Yeah. Got Fucking ah ah fuck. Kirk, Burn. you know, I think we spent too much time talking before. I think you know me too well. <laughs> I'm fucking opinionated. But hold on a second. Take me out of the <laughs> equation. Do, do people in general like, oh, yeah, I like that movie. Is it a safe bet that people like this movie? Um, yes. Okay. Were there groundbreaking special effects in this movie? Um, groundbreaking special effects? I'm going to say no okay okay um does this movie take place on the planet earth uh yes this is on earth okay okay we asked about One, two, if, three, if it was four, a sci-fi six. that's seven right yeah dave said yes. it was a sci-fi yeah it was all right is this movie considered a comedy no okay oh interesting emphatic no yeah that's fine. Well, how many sci-fi comedy movies do you know? Spaceballs. <laughs> Space, yeah. Space Quest. Spaceballs is the classic. Space Quest is a Sierra game. Let's see. Galaxy, Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. Thank you. What's going yeah. on, Weaver? Here. Space Quest is a good does game, this, though. That's worth yeah. it. Uh, hold on. Does this movie? Does this movie have aliens in it? Like any any type of aliens? Uh, yes. Storm, Starship Troopers. <laughs> what I don't or, know. Uh, came out. What am I thinking of? District Nine or whatever. Yeah, that's right. It's early two thousand mid to. I mean, that's right in that range for sure. Um, let's see. Is this movie about an alien invasion? Um. Man, how long, how can it take you that long to answer that fucking question? <laughs> I'd say I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen. Is that. District uh, Nine about an alien invasion? I guess I haven't seen that in a while either. Or is that about like? Is this District Nine? No, I'm just kidding. That's my. That's my. Uh, that's what I'm stuck on. I right will now. say yes. It is about an uh, alien invasion. Oh, I think it's District Nine. Mm. Hold on. Do the aliens live on the planet? What? Or, like, do they live on Earth? Is that what? Is that what District Nine is? Yeah, that there's a whole 
group of aliens. Okay, like yeah, that's what Africa I thought. I haven't seen like it that. in a while. They, they're like they're refugees, segregated right? From humans. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. they're just like they have their own area, but they're like treated very poorly, and that yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good movie, but the answer is no. They Damn it! All right, it's not okay. District oh. Nine. Okay. We're close. We're in that range, though. 9, 10, 11. You're at 11 questions already. We're in the right area. It's a quick 11. What other alien invasion movies came out in that time? Hmm. When did Men in Black come out? Ooh. That's a good shout. That's, that's uh, like 1999. Early 2000. 2000. That's either, that's like 2000 or like, or 99. Yeah, around there. It's only, there's only one. Ooh. Aliens. Well, oh no, he said it wasn't a comedy. Men in Black is a comedy. Oh, that's a good point. Yep. Oh, okay. There's another sci-fi comedy. Men in Black you. is also a franchise. It's also a franchise. Do the good aliens point. die and lose at the end of this movie? Very specific. That is. That is, that is very specific. Um. Oh, it's it's the War of the Worlds remake. World. That's what I was trying to yeah. get to. Tom Cruise. That's what I was trying to get to. That's what I was thinking too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's why I wanted it because they fucking die and lose at the end of that air, right? I, I would say. I would say yes. The aliens lose. Is that? It's acceptable. Okay, they lose, yes. but he. I'm just gonna re- rule it out. Is is Tom Cruise in this movie? Uh no. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it! I was. I thought that was there. Two thousand sci-fi guys. Oh boy. I mean, how many in- alien invasion movies are there? You know, Mars Attacks. Too old. Comedy. So a Mel Brooks joint. Comedy. Yeah. Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking now. I'm thinking Independence Day was late '90s. Yeah, it wasn't 2000. Yeah. Fuck. I feel like we should be able to get this. Well, you're through 13 questions as well. Okay, so there's only one of these. The general uh, public liked it. It's not a comedy. It's a it's a sci-fi. Not a franchise. Al- not a franchise. Nope. Aliens are invading the uh, are invading Earth. The aliens don't all die, but they do lose. In quotations. Oh, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Wasn't there? What's that Keanu Reeves movie? The day the Earth stood still. That re- the remake of that. Is that in that time period? I don't think so. I think it was later. Was it? Although I I, I, that, that feels like a deep cut. That doesn't feel like a popular yeah. popular movie. Yeah. What about Signs? Ooh. Oh, perfect. Fuck. Oh my God. That that's Shit. such a good. Kirk. Oh. Fuck. Hold on a second. All right. What's a word that we? Or what's a question now. we can ask that can also help with help us out with other things? Also help with specific. other things. Like, uh, uh, so, all right, like M. Night Shyamalan, that's... Oh, no, he's only done one alien movie. It's I was, sci-fi. I was just going to ask his fucking Mel Gibson in this movie. <laughs> um, fuck, that's, a, that's really good. That's, Swing I away. Signs is... Yeah, that is a very I don't know good, what we could ask that could be... That feels right to me. All right, just well, whatever. about let, Mel Gibson. Let, let, yeah, yeah. Is Mel Gibson in this movie? Yes, Mel Gibson is in this movie. Kirk, Kirk. yeah, man. Yeah, the honors. Do it. it. Is the movie Signs? It is Signs. Yeah, we got it. 
Hell yeah. Oh, dude. Finally. Pulled their asses out of the fire, Kirk. Dude, I was. They were, I love that. They night. were lost. We were wow. not. We were in the. We were in the right. We were, we were in the right ballpark. The budget of seventy-two made four hundred and eight million dollars. Wow! Yeah, man. Well, Eric, think about what questions had... could you work your way to to get to that? That's a good just memory of the uh, that plot because. Dude. Does it have cornfield in it? Right. <laughs> you know? oh, fuck. Signs. <laughs> like, what could you possibly ask to like, get you to that movie? Signs was one of those movies that like scarred me as a kid. The video, like the one, yeah. the scene with the video at the birthday party where the alien comes uh-huh. walking yeah, around. Creepy. I don't know. I, I used to hide under a blanket every time that scene came on. I didn't. Oh, it really? Scared the shit out of me. Yeah, oh, okay. but I still like that movie. I thought it was good because we had Joaquin Phoenix in last week's yep. Gladiator as yep, the yep, yep. Emperor. Swing away. Yeah, and for, then forgot his name. This week, you know, we got little aliens in there too. So, yeah, nice. Well, good job, guys. Oh, yeah. uh, I was I was a little worried about you there for a little bit. I didn't think you were going to get it. Kirk so. came in clutch there. When there it is. So yeah, yeah Kirk. Uh, I guess before we wrap up, do you have anything you want to you want to touch on? Do you want anything to promote? Any any shout outs? Yeah, shout out to me because I'm fucking amazing. Yeah, uh, baby. <laughs> there you go. But I, my name is my name is Kirk Vaisola, and I'm just doing my normal spiel. But I have a company called Mind the Font, like Mind the Gap that they say in Europe. And mm-hmm. I do full service branding and packaging design for the most part. Nice. But I also have a little um, clothing slash personal site called Vaisola Brand. It's V S V is in Victory S L A brand.com and if you want anything or need anything just type in kirk visola v-i-s-o-l-a and you'll find me that's it sweet yeah nice. yeah man thanks awesome. for joining well, yeah thanks for oh, yeah, this, thanks for coming on by great, man I, yeah and i would love to come by anytime this this is my jam right here aliens well, <laughs> well, that, yeah, yeah aliens, aliens right Right. I yeah, I haven't seen the second one in ages. So I haven't seen that one as much. I've probably seen it a few times. And I enjoy it, but I, just, I remember the ship in that movie just being like one of the coolest things because of the like these real broad shoulders, like a pointy, and like the wings fold it down, and it's yeah, just. Hmm. I just remember the yeah. ending with Sigourney in that robotic scene and like fucking. Yeah, yeah that's the like, thing. Get away from her, you bitch! bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe around Halloween. That, that might be a good time to throw that idea. one in on the schedule. Yeah, man. So. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks for coming by. Uh, Eric, you want to hit up social real quick before we get out of here? Sure. As always, you can find us at Nomads of Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us, nomadsoffantasy at gmail.com with any yeah. comments, questions, all that good stuff. Uh, visit, Eric loves the emails. Please. I love them. Please send them, whatever you want. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even have to be related to the show. I'll take them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> visit the nomadsoffantasy.com uh, for all your nomad needs. I'm going to say that every week now because I like it. Um, and that's it. Awesome. Well, uh, we'll be back next week. Safe travels, nomads.
Dallas might have got bounced. Dallas? You're gonna have to hold your position for a minute. I... I've lost the signal. What? You sure? Look, look around. Are you sure that it's not there? I mean, it's gotta be around there somewhere. Check that out, Lambert. You may be getting interference. Dallas, are you sure there is no sign of it? I mean, it is there. It's gotta be around there. Dallas? I'm not Claire Lambert. I want to get the hell out of here. Oh, God. It's moving right towards you. Uh, 